feet. And while you're standing to your feet, I want you to turn to Jude. That's one book before Revelation. Jude, and there's only one chapter in Jude, so we're going to start reading in verse number one. When you get there, you can say amen. <clears throat> Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, underline unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and Lord and our Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord having saved the people out of the land of Egypt afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh are set for an example suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, also, these dreamers defile the flesh, reject authority, and speak evil of dignitaries. Yet Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, dare not bring an accusation against him, a revealing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. But these speak evil of whatever they do not know. And whatever they know, naturally, like brute beast, or better translated, unthinking animals. And these things, they have corrupt themselves. Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, have run greedily in the era of Balaam for profit, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. These are spots in your love feasts, while they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves. They are clouds without water, carried about by the winds, late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming up their own shame. Wandering stars for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them 
of all their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way. And of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning that you have spoken very clearly in your word what the church ought to do in this season that we're in. Father, I'm also reminded, Father God, that, that I am your servant this morning. Will you please equip me and anoint me that I might speak your truth without compromise, that I might speak it in a way that will penetrate the hearts and those who will hear this message today and those who would hear it via our website, Father God, will come to understand and know exactly what God has to say. And that, Lord, that you will speak very clearly and very precisely to your people today. And God will give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in his presence. I want to talk to you this morning about a very important, important subject entitled Defending the Faith. Defending the Faith. Many of you already know that I am a sports junkie. I love sports. I love ESPN. I love basketball. I love football. I love golf. I love hockey. I, I pretty much enjoy it all on ESPN. But if you are a passionate follower of sports, as I am, and you hear some of these people talk, and how many know that they're always in pursuit of the gold? And the gold is the championship. And what you always hear them say, I mean, this is a consistent theme to anybody that's pursuing the gold, pursuing the championship. What you always hear them say is that when they talk about how they won or what's going to enable them to win it all, they always refer back to defense. How do you know what I'm talking about? Whether it's football, basketball, no matter hockey, no matter what it is, they always say that what's going to enable them to win the championship that they have to play some solid defense. I want to bring that to where we are today. If we're going to be those who are really going to effect change in our generation, how many know that the people of God must know how to defend their faith? Can you say amen? amen. The Bible says that we're always to be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within us. We're living in a time and a generation, and I had indicated this earlier, whereby it, Christians are, can no longer hide behind those who are formerly educated in Christianity. That the people of God, all of us, should be able to be, be able to articulate this truth in such a way that people hear it and are convicted to change their lives. We're living in a society today where the enemy is taking the fight to the church. He's not just standing on the outside, but how many know the enemy is coming on the inside? And the question is, as the people of God, what are we going to do in this season? What are we going to do when we see that there is such an attack? How many of you believe that there is an all-out attack on the word of God? 
on the message of God, the message of Christ. The question is, what are the people of God going to do about it? Because there is a belief, and I don't know where, well, I do know where it comes from. I think it comes from the pit of hell, that there is a belief that Christians are just supposed to be quiet, say nothing, unless somebody just so happened to ask you a question, then you speak. The problem I have with that is that when you study the word of God, you don't see that. How many know Jesus went into some places? He went into some uncomfortable places, and wherever he went, how many know he preached the gospel of the kingdom? He never compromised. He never drew back. And how many know that he challenged the religious authority of, of his day? And everybody who went counter to what God said, Jesus brought light into darkness. How many know that we are his hands and feet on the planet? We're it. Jesus said, I'm going away. Can you tell I'm a little bit excited this morning? Jesus said, I'm going away, and I'm going to leave you here, and you're going to do greater works than what he did. And Jesus did some mighty works, and he impacted his generation. Am I right about it? How many know that we are supposed to impact our generation? We are supposed to make a difference in our generation. The church is not to stand by and watch the world burn in hell. The church is not supposed to stand by and just say, oh, I'm just going to be passive and I'm not going to say anything. Well, you know that the enemy is bringing the fight right up to your doors. I determined long ago, I told the Lord when I preached, so, Lord, I'm, I'm called to preach, but I'm going to tell you something. And I, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I never compromise your word. I, I hope and pray, and, and I believe that God will give me the grace. If I have to die for my faith, then I'm willing to do it. Because it just might be required. Amen. Hosea says something. He says, my people. I believe Hosea 4, 6, if I'm, if I, if I'm correct. He said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. There is a famine as relate to understanding what God says. People seem to be confused about it. And when I say people, I'm not talking about people out there outside the church. I'm talking about people who are in the church. Confused about what the word of God says. I, I mean, there are times when I'm sitting at home on my watching television that I can't take it. I, I mean, it's like, and I have to repent because I get so angry because how many know the word of God is just clear about things? And people are perverting and twisting the scripture. And the church sits by like it don't know any better. We are living in a season, people, where our faith is on the line. I'm not a doom and gloom preacher. I just preach the truth. And if you happen to see and have your eyes open a little bit, you can tell how things are moving around you. You don't, you don't, you don't listen, you, you don't even have to be deep. 
You can discern that something is happening in our generation. And the question is, this is this. We're here today. This is our moment. This is this is our generation. How many know God's going to call us into account for what we do with what we know? See, it's a dangerous thing to sit in a church to really preach the word. Because you are accountable for every you want. So if you don't want to hear it, stop plugging your ears now. Because God's going to hold your account for what you hear and what we do with this message that we have. Jude, in his generation, I, I, I love Jude. He was the brother of James, hair brother of Jesus. Jude was confronted with something. Jude said that I wanted to write about our common salvation. In other words, he just wanted to pin something down to talk about the salvation that we all had. But something happened, and he said, but I find it necessary to address the false teachers that have been lying to you. And so his message was to the church. And he spoke to the church. He says, we got a problem and, and, and I need to address this. How do we know that it's not God's will for us to walk around with our heads in the sand? Jude was paying attention to what was happening around him. How do we know that we're supposed to be paying attention? If you don't watch the news, you need to watch the news. If you don't know what's going on around the world, you need to pay attention. Why? Because God often works God primarily works globally, which means that God always thinks outside of what you're going through. Do you hear me? And for some people, that's hard because you only see life through your lens. We only see life through what we're going through. But if you really want to be on the cutting edge of what God is doing, you got to think globally. So that means that we must be globally aware. Jude was aware of what was happening in his generation. And he says, look, I meant to write to you about something, but there's an urgency. I, I got to change because there's some false teachers perverting the truth, and I have to deal with this now. How many know that the people of God are people of light? And, and if anybody ought to know what the truth is, anybody ought to see truth, and under, how many know it ought to be us? Jude says, I, I wanted to write to you about your common salvation, but something is happening. And it's like God is, I hear God screaming, that, that church, wake up. I hear it screaming in my spirit, church, wake up. There's something happening around us. The enemy has put his feet on the gas. And now we must deal with what we need to deal with. No longer are the days. When Christian can just go to church and sing a couple of songs and go home and hope that everything is going to be all right in the by and by. No more. No, gone are those days. No more. The time of his return is getting close. And you know it because you can see the activity around you. Discernment. Watch. Now, Jude, watch what he says. Jude says this. He says, what was his message to the church? Beloved, while I was, this is verse number three. Beloved, while, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered 
to the saints. Contend means, I looked this up, contend means to struggle and compete against. Earnestly means exhaustively, seriously, and intently. It means much effort. Contend earnestly for the faith. We got folks in here who, are, who are, have experience, obviously, with military. And, but they are given the responsibility to protect this great nation. How many know if some other nation want to come up on our shores and want to try to strike violence, how many know that we're going to be sending out the Coast Guard, the borders, the Marines, everybody, we're going to defend our borders? If you come up in here, I was the other day, I was over in Texas near the Mexico border. I had to go pick up somebody way down there. I was where the drug cartels are. So y'all know I was praying. And, uh, and all, all I could see was all these border patrol people just hawking the border. I mean, I see, I see like, like lines of cars with lights, and I'm like, what? No, every time you turn around, it was, it was always lights of uh, uh, just a, a whole bunch of cars all grouped together, and it was just this constant guys were just walking around patrolling the border because we don't want you to come over, and we ain't going to let you come over here and upset our land. Not that we can stop it. How many know that we are, as Christians, we are supposed to defend the borders of the word of God? How many know that the enemies have come up on the border today? He's come right up in the church. And Christians sitting back and we're going to be passive. No, how many know that as, as our military protect our borders, as the Coast Guard, all these they protect, we're supposed to protect the borders. We're supposed to protect our territory. And last I checked, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. It all belongs to him. I feel good today. It all belongs to him. And so watch this. So we are supposed to protect our borders. We are supposed to protect the integrity of the word. We are supposed, when anybody come up against this word, watch this. We are to get our arms together and we are to speak. Take the sword of the spirit and preach truth. Oh no, the Bible don't say that, brother. Oh no, sister, I love you, but you are wrong. I mean, no, you can't contend with, you're not contending for something when you let the enemy just come up and just say whatever he want to say and you don't do anything about it. The people of God ought not to be sitting back saying, okay, well, that's your opinion, that's my opinion. What? I mean, don't get me upset in here. I mean, I mean, really, where is that in the Bible? We are Christians. We die for this, you remember? If you're a Christian, you gave your life for this. This is your life. This ain't no opinion. God's word is not to be treated like it's an opinion. He is the foundation of all truth. The Bible says that the church is the pillar, the ground, the foundation of the truth. The church. We are it. So I'm not to be passive. I'm not just to simply say, okay, you know, and then they got this really neat thing nowadays that people like to scream out so much, oh, the separation of church and state. That don't apply to you. 
Separation of church and states as it relates to the government not telling me what to preach, which they're going to try to do that anyway. That's one issue. But as it relates to what God tells me in his word, I'm not to, I'm not to compromise that. No government has a right to override what the word of God says. If the government tries to go against what the word of God says, then the government is wrong. And you have the authority to speak over it and to speak to it and say, no, if the government want to pass laws that are unrighteous, we're supposed to say, nope, we don't agree with it and we ain't doing it. Are you prepared to do that, you see? Because that's what we're moving toward. You see, you see what they want to do. And it's interesting how the devil works. I mean, no, I, I, I hate Satan because the Bible says that he comes to kill, steal and destroy. To contend. We said before that our faith is under attack. They're minimizing Christ. He is one among many ways to heaven. How many have you ever heard that? That Christ is just one. That's your way. You got your way. I got my way. And people in the church are going to sit back and say, okay. Really? Do we need to define what a Christian is? Christian means you are a follower of Christ. I'm a follower of Christ. He makes the rules. He tells me how to. That's why I never understand why so-called and be nice. How so-called fake preachers who claim they're preachers of God's word, but they don't preach it and they don't live it. They are more in tune with secularism and humanism. But they will not stand by this word. They try to separate the word. Oh, God has one standard for the government, and yet God has one standard for the church. It's a lie. It is a lie. God's word is God's word, and it transcends everything and everybody, every institution. Amen. Period. Amen. But, but look, look, at, look at this. They lie. They, all roads lead to heaven. The Bible is, is not uh, uh, full of, the Bible is full of errors. Oh, and, and same-sex marriage is biblical. No, it's not. And, and let, me, let me say this. I am not a homophobe. I, I love all people. Lord knows my heart. But God, the, the, the marriage is sacred. God, God has orchestrated marriage. It's a sacred, this is a holy thing. And are we going to stand by and say, okay, if that's the way you want to go. What you do in your, in your bedroom is your business. Listen, we ain't to go in nobody's house and see what they're doing behind closed doors. But as we go, we're to preach truth. And when we hear darkness, we are to preach against it. Because love will not let people stay that way. Do you hear me? When we say we love people, we cannot, if we really love them, let them and let the country live in such a way that it goes against what God has said because the only thing left is the judgment of God. And the church got to be prepared. Defend the faith. How many know you can't defend what you don't know? 
Wednesday night Bible study should be full because you need to be prepared to defend your faith. Well, I got other things to do. Okay, then do other things. But you better be ready to defend the faith because the Lord has need of you. He has need of me. And he's left us here, people. 2 Timothy chapter 2, 15. We got that verse? Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly diverting the word, dividing the word of truth, rightly. And you know, we got some people today, watch, who, who really don't understand the importance of rightly handling the word of God. How many know the Bible says that heaven and earth are going to pass away, but this will last forever? Isn't that right? I, how many of you love this? You love this book. God expects us to handle it right. He expects us to understand what it says and to articulate. Listen, not to compromise. How many know that you know, people talk about, oh, we got to compromise? You don't ever compromise what the Bible says. I don't see Jesus walk around saying, I'm going to compromise with you. He just spoke truth. Am I right about it? But, but watch. Here's something that's really interesting. Watch this. Look at verse number four. For certain men have crept in. Now, what are they, crept? What are they creeping into? Ain't that something? Certain men have crept in. See, you remember I told you before how Satan works? Satan is not, watch this. Satan ain't just standing outside the church walls, hanging out there. He ain't across the street picketing. He ain't across the street yelling and screaming at us for preaching for what I'm doing this morning. He ain't, he ain't over there just looking at us and saying, hey! He sued up. He put on his tie. Watch this. He goes to the seminary. He walks in the church on Sunday morning. He's an usher. He serves. In fact, in a lot of places, he's standing behind the pulpit. He has a collar, and he's called bishop. He's called pastor. And he's called reverend. And I make me, I mean, it, some of these politicians call themselves, they got reverend. I'm like, if you ain't going to preach the word, take reverend off your name. But you cannot divorce the word of God from your life. Either, he, either God is God or he's not. Amen. So, so watch this. Thank you. So they, they come in, they crept into the church. But, but here's the thing. Now, now, now listen to me. Watch this. For certain men have crept into, crept in, watch this, unnoticed. <gasps> unnoticed? How come fake preachers are coming to the church or fake false teachers or whatever? They, how come they're coming in and nobody knows? 
It's almost like you just wrote this yesterday, didn't he? See, that's how the word of God is living. This thing, what you holding, this is dynamite. Boom, blow up some stuff. He said, they come and watch this. They crept into the church unnoticed. People don't know the difference. Because we're a tolerant society. We got to be patient with everybody. As long as we love, I heard a politician say that. And I heard a politician twist the scriptures and then the church, the people of God had nothing to say about it. They didn't even discern it. Politicians said, well, you know, Jesus said that we should love, uh, you know, we treat others the way we want to be treated. Yeah, Jesus said that. But not to nullify what he's clearly said in his word. How I many know oh, there is some twist, some scripture twisting today? And I'm, listen, watch this. And I'm going to call it out wherever it is. Because I ain't going to face God and God going to look at you and say, say, Gary, I told you to preach, but you were scared. The devil is a liar. I'm not, you ain't that important. I resolved that a long time ago. I preached with one or two people before. I have, have I not? I, it doesn't matter to me because I, 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 I am holding to this. You are holding to this. But, but watch this. They crept in unnoticed. But what are they teaching? Certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly men who turned the grace of our God into lewdness, immorality, and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what they're doing? How many know we just did a series on grace, right? And we all understand what grace of God teaches us. But these fake teachers are so-called preachers, leaders in the church, so-called. They are teaching that the grace of God allows me to be immoral. The grace of God doesn't mind if I want to swing a little bit. The grace of God is okay because God knows that we're not perfect people. How many of you have heard that? Like God just realized that. God knew we weren't perfect people, but yet he still gave us commands. How many know your imperfection is no excuse not to do what this says? Am I right about it? It's no excuse. So they crept in the church. They're coming, not out there, they're coming into the church. You know, the best, the, the best, the best enemy is, is, is not the one you can see in front of you. It, it, it's, it's the one that creeps in and, and, you know, and he's able to get behind the scenes. How many know Judas? You remember Judas? Judas was the reason why, well, humanly speaking, <laughs> he gave Jesus up, didn't he? He went out there and said, look, here he is. Come here, here he is. Now, 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 the difference with that and with us is that Jesus knew who his enemy was. And Jesus played him like a violin. Jesus played him. Jesus knew what old Judas was up to. But here's, here's the problem. The people in the church don't know. 
We look at the crowds. Well, it's a lot of people, and they got a great music ministry, and they got all these great. God got to be in it. Okay. Let me say this to you. God can be where there's a large group of people, no question about it. But if that's your only measurement for truth and the spirit of God, something is severely wrong with the way you process your faith. You are gullible and you will be misled. Jesus says that broad is the way that leads to destruction. And a lot of people are going in that way. Narrow is the gate. Nobody talk about narrowness anymore because that's not too cute to talk about. Because narrowness means it challenges my life. Narrowness means I got to change. Narrowness means, and, and if you're hell, if you, if you, if you are, are bent and you are persuaded by the forces of hell to live your own way, you don't want to go the narrow way. You don't want to have anything to do with that. Because you, you want something that makes you feel. You see, watch this. Y'all remember, what's the scripture verse I want to read this morning? Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'm all over the place. But y'all are getting this, right? Amen. 2 Timothy chapter number 4, I believe. And it may be, yeah, 2 Timothy chapter number 4. When you get there, say amen. Paul was speaking to Timothy, but this is, this is for everybody. This ain't that's a message to Timothy. Well, he was writing to Timothy. I mean, no, he was writing to Colossian church, Corinthian church, but he meant that for everybody. Because he knew that one day you and I would be sitting here reading this. Look at verse number one in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Are you there? Paul says to Timothy, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who would judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Do y'all hear that? Preach it. Be ready in season and out of season. In other words, preach it when they want to hear it. Preach it when they don't. Preach it when you feel like preaching it and preach it when you don't. Preach the word. Watch this. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Watch, look at verse number three. For the time will come. How many know the time is already here? When they will not endure sound teaching or sound doctrine. But here's what they're going to do. But according to their own what? Lust, their own desires, because they have itching ears. They will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to myths or fables. Mm. Can the word of God be any more clearer than that? He said, the time is already here. Well, men don't want to hear, don't want to hear that stuff about, about doc, no doctrine. Don't talk about doctrine. <laughs> we don't want to talk about truth, man. I mean, really? Come on, man. I mean, you know, uh, you know, we just need to relax a little bit. Pastor, you just up, you a little bit too uptight. Pastor, you just need to calm down. Just let people be. Come on, Pastor. You know, God loves everybody. Yeah, He does. He does. But you know, uh, hell is real, and hell 
is there for a reason. And it's going to be populated with people who don't know the truth or refuse to obey it. Do you hear me? He says that they don't want to hear sound doctrine. Okay, so you mean tell me, so if you're not going to preach what I want to hear, Pastor, then, then I'll go get me another, I'll find me a church that will uh, preach what I want to hear. I'll find me somebody who would agree with me. I'll find me somebody with a robe that'll sanction me. I don't need Foundation Christian Fellowship Church. I'll find me a church that believe like I believe. It's interesting to say that it's, it's interesting that the scripture says that according to their own desires. Their own, in other words, what I want. And you know, and people, the mindset of people today is I want what I want and I'm gonna get what I want. And it really don't matter what you and, and, and some of the most influential people of our nation. They are perverting this Bible. They are perverting the truth. Earnestly contend means what? Contend, defend, fight for the society, fight for families, fight for children, fight for righteousness, fight for holiness. We got to fight for it, people. We just can't let the, it's like the enemy just walking up in the church and he's, he's like standing off. He's just there and people are like, okay, okay. All right, it's all good. We must be zealous for truth. You know, when you're zealous for truth, you can spot a lie in a heartbeat. You may not even know your Bible as well as you should or could, but if you're walking in the Bible, walking in the spirit a little bit, you can discern when something ain't right. You just know, like, you know, you know, I've met people. People have come through these doors, and I just like, he ain't here now. I just thought, there was somebody came here a few weeks ago, and I was listening to him. Like, brother ain't right. I spent three, four minutes with him standing outside the door. He ain't right. Now, some of you look at me, well, Pastor, you ain't be talking. I'm going to tell the truth. He won't write. What he was telling me was wrong. And I'm sitting there listening, like, what is, brother, what's up with, what's up with you? Jesus said that we're the what of the world. Go ahead, turn to, that, turn to that scripture verse for me. I'm all over the place. I don't really care at this point because I'm almost done. Turn to Matthew chapter 5. Let me get there and say Amen. Look at verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. Mm, mm, mm. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? Salt is a preservative, right? How do you know the church is supposed to preserve the integrity of righteousness and truth? Even if, listen to me, even if your life ain't what it's supposed to be, you are supposed to defend the truth. Live it too. Y'all want to buy saying, but pastor said I can live any way. No, you live it too. But we must be preservatives of the truth. It's interesting. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. 
it's almost like God is saying that, that the church, the church is supposed to kind of help set the timetable. You're the child, the salt of the earth. But then he goes on to say, watch this. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Now, is there any room there for secret service Christians? I just read that verse. Is there any room? Answer me. Is there any room there for secret service Christians? Nor do they light a lamp. Who in here bought a lamp? Who have lamps in the house? When you bought the lamp, what, did you intend to buy the lamp and stick it up under the bed? And hide it? Nah, I, I doubt if anybody, unless something is wrong with your thinking, unless you've got some project or something, you don't buy a light to put a light under something to hide it. You buy the light to set it up so that it can shine, baby, shine. Light, watch this, light is, light chases away the darkness. See, whenever there's dark in your room, at, see, I like when I sleep at night, I cut off every light. I like it pitch black dark. That's just the way I am. That's the way I like to sleep. Don't y'all be trying to spiritualize that. Why you like darkness? No, I just like to sleep when it's dark, okay? Get off of it. <laughs> Not even talking about that. But I like it dark. And boy, and it's amazing because the other day, matter of fact, it was just, yeah, this morning, matter of fact, uh, it was, I, gotta, I usually get up before the crack, before the sunlight come up, and I hit the light, bing, and my wife woke up, ah, the light off. And she's like, you woke me up with a bright light. I mean, light changes the atmosphere. Light chased, it was dark, but as soon as I cut the light on, the darkness had to what? Go. Jesus said that you are the light of the world. When you're around darkness, do they love you? Do they like doing dark things around you and feel like it's all right to do it? Do they like love to hang out with you? Yeah, I hang out with brothers. Yeah, I know they love them. No, no, no. You're supposed to be chasing away darkness to the degree that when you're around folk, they know who you are. They might not always do exactly what they should do, but they're going to think about it because they know you're going to have something to say, well, wait, what are you doing? I tell the brother all the time, well, man, such and such, oh, yeah. oh man, she look good. I said, what's wrong with your wife? Because, you know, cops got a problem with being moral. If y'all didn't know that, cops, they ain't faithful to their spouses. This one is. I'm speaking in general. And so a lot of times, I tell them straight up. They start saying, oh, such and such look good. Oh, man, such, what's, your, what's wrong with your wife? She look even better if you look at her. What's wrong with her? See, it's how you, it's how you look at things. And, and, I, and, I, and it's amazing because, you know, I remember that, you know, when I first took the job as a future detective, and a lot of the folk, didn't want to, they don't want to go with me on an extradition, a lot of the guys. They don't want to go with me. And I used to be a little, I got to admit, I used to be a little bothered, like, because I knew all the guys they didn't want to go with me. Because some of the guys, when they go on the extradition, they're looking for strip clubs. They want to go in the bar. They want to get drink. They're looking for girls. And they can't do that with me. Brother said to me one time, we went out on an extradition. We was in Florida. This was last year. Brother said to me, he said to me, uh, uh, some girl was flirting. She was, like, flirting with me. We had just come from the Joe Crab Shack. And, uh, and I just kept walking. I like I don't even hear it. 
I don't even, I just don't pay attention to that. You know, I just, do I walk in the valley of shadow of death? I hear nothing. I keep going. So he's like, hey, he gets in the car. Hey, man, come on, let's go back up. I said, no, brother, I ain't going. I'm going home, and you are going with me because I got the keys. Well, I, and, and, and it's no, they don't like to go with me places, not because, and, and listen, I don't pound people. I live it and I preach it, and the conviction of my life convicts them. Because I'm light and darkness. If you're light and darkness, you just can't sit back and just let people twist the scriptures. Let people lie. Let people get away with that, and you're sitting there. Open your mouth and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Here's what the word says. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. We, we have this. You're not going to pervert Christ. I'm not going to let you do it. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what race you are. I don't care if you're male, female, children, adults. What, what another. I don't care. I am not going to sit by while you pervert the gospel. These, look, this is my God you're talking about. Can't do it. Not with a good conscience. I got to, I, I, this, this, this book pertains, the scripture says in 2 Peter, that everything for life and godliness is right here. And woe unto you if you just sit by and you let people pervert your truth. Talk about the scripture, oh God, oh God don't have a problem with that. Oprah Winfrey one time, oh yeah, and I, I, I'll say her name. I hope you listen to this, Oprah, listen to this. She said, well, I always knew that Jesus was cool, and I know it ain't, you know, because somebody, somebody who had a dream. They had a dream, you know, and, and, and when they dreamed a dream, they had this prophetic thing happen, and God told them that it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you love everybody. And people sitting in the audience, people who go to church, Okay, Jesus did not stutter. He says, I am the way, the truth, and life. And nobody can get to the Father. You got to come through me. I didn't make that rule, and you didn't make it. It's what he said. And so she says, well, I'll, and here's Oprah's response was, well, you know, I always thought that God wasn't like that. I mean, you know, it just seemed to be just so rigid. And I'm paraphrasing, but she was just saying how this is so narrow minded and people just twist the scriptures. What? I'm not just I'm not like I'm sure she's done some marvelous things. She's done a lot of good. Don't trust me. This woman, I'm sure, is a, is a good woman, but she's in error. And we need to be free to let people know when they're in error. Amen. I can't let you butcher the word. Because part of my calling is we just read it in Jude to defend the faith. Once and for all, deliver to the saints. Once and for all. In other words, this is it. We ain't, listen, we ain't adding to the word. Ain't no new revelation that's outside of this. If you, if you come and tell me God gave you a revelation and it don't line up with this, I'm going to look at you like you crazy. 
Don't give me, if God gave you a revelation, it's going to be consistent with this. So we're one of them crazy churches that believe all of this is the, is the word of God, every bit of it. So you one of those people who say, well, I don't believe in Jonah. I don't believe in this. Then you're going to have problems here because we believe the whole book. Cover to cover. It's all God's word. That's what we preach. That's what we live. It is all real. It's the truth. And we're not going to compromise it one iota. I'm not going to apologize for it. Because I don't make the rules. You see, it's easy. I'm done. But, you know, it's easy for you and me. Because all we need to do is just preach what it says. These folks be on TV. I'm like laughing. I'm like, I mean, I laugh to keep from having to throw things at the TV. I really do. I mean, sometimes, I mean, I, I, like the other day I was holding something. I, these two preachers, they were up there talking. And, and I'm sitting there listening to them. And, 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 you know, and, and, and they were just saying stuff that weren't true. And I'm like, okay, then why are you calling yourself a preacher? Stop calling yourself a preacher. Go, go, go be a politician then. And if you're a politician, if you ain't going to follow, then leave the God out of it. Just be a politician. Don't, don't make, uh, these politicians kill me. Because what they all want to do, is they always want to quote Jesus. And usually out of context. If you want to be a politician, be a politician. But as far as I'm concerned, if you're a real Christian and politician, you know, your values are shaped by your faith. I'm going to say it again. Your value, no matter what your profession is, how you operate in that profession is based on your value system as it relates to you being a believer. It should be. It should be. I can't divorce. I can't have one policy for, for this people and, and, and a whole, no, 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 no. Uh, this is all I know. <laughs> and it's pretty narrow, isn't it? I'm going to leave you with this thought. And I'm landing the plane. I really am. I, this is, I usually get three clothes, and that's two and a half. Um, just, just remember this verse right here, 1 Peter 4, 17. For the time has come for judgment, and it must begin first among God's own children. I just want to leave you with this thought. God holds us accountable for what we do and what we don't do. You and I have a responsibility to defend this faith, even if it means that we got to take a hit. I guess in a lot of ways, it would be much easier just to kind of go with the flow, wouldn't it? In a lot of ways, it would be. It would be easier just to go with the flow. But what kind of church you want to be? We got to be the kind of church that God called us to be. And if it means that we got to stand by ourselves, then we just stand by ourselves. Y'all have a very crazy pastor. I'm crazy. Because, see, I died over 22 years ago. Don't really matter to me at this point. It really doesn't. And it shouldn't matter that much to you, what people think about you and what people say. If you're hung up on what people say and think about you, you're not going to be a happy Christian. You'll get some of the accolades of the world, but you won't get the approval that really matters most. 
Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. God, will you please help us? Will you please help us, Lord? Please help us to live holy. Please help us, Lord, to defend our faith. God, we confess, Lord. We confess, Lord, that sometimes it is so easy to just sit by and let things be. But God, we know that you're calling us to a higher place. Father, we're not any more special than any other church in this community. We're bearers of truth, just like any other Christ-centered church. But I pray that all of us who are Christians and those who are leaders in our community, and in Stafford, and in this city, that we will band together and be prepared to stand up for what is right. God, Foundation Christian Fellowship Church is a special church. It is comprised of people from all kinds of backgrounds. It's a church of variety. It's a church that I believe is on the cutting edge of what you are saying to the people of this nation. God, we are, we are praying that you would give us the grace to do what you have called us to do. And forgive us, Lord, when we have sit by and we let people butcher the truth. We allow people, Lord, to say things that we know are not true because we're afraid to be ridiculed, to be isolated, or to be rejected. But Father God, we just repent of that right now. Church, just take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Ask God to speak to you. And if you have compromised in any way or even given a hint to people, if you've given a hint to them that certain things are okay when you know it's not, then just take a moment and, and let the Holy Spirit baptize you afresh and, and just redirect your, your focus and your priorities. Let's take a moment and pray. Father, thank you. You see every heart. <clears throat> yes, God. Yes. Thank you, Lord. I just sense in the spirit, and I believe God is saying this to me, that within a couple of weeks, there's somebody in this church, and it's not to scare you, but I just, I got to say what I believe is on my heart, that somebody is going to be challenged and confronted, and their faith is going to be under attack in such a way that they're going to lose some status. The Lord says, be strong. Be courageous, for I am with you. Don't look to the left and don't look to the right. Do what I say, says the Lord, and you will prosper. You will prosper. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Lord, we love you. We love you so much. Thank you for hearing our hearts. And thank you, Lord, for changing us where we need to be changed. And Father, we're committed to defending this faith ferociously, yet with great love. In Jesus' name. Let's stand to your feet, if you will. Come and give God a praise as you stand to his feet. Thank you, Lord. How many of you received that word this morning? It's going to change you. Walk in it. Walk in it. Don't be afraid to be who you are. Don't be afraid. You got nothing to lose anyway. You really don't. But you have everything to gain. And the world awaits you. They're waiting. The world is blind. They, they are waiting for us. Let's seize our moment. Amen. Let's stretch our hands to the heavens. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling. To the one and only who is wise, eternal, omnipotent, almighty, all-knowing, omniscient, all-powerful, omnipotent, omnipotent. The one who is worthy of all praise, affection, glory, and honor. Jesus, the keeper of our life, the keeper of our souls, the one who brought us and called us and who, will, who is empowering us for this moment. Fill us with the Holy Spirit. Use your people this week in extraordinary ways. Father, we have been convicted this morning to be more bold. I pray for a spirit of boldness over this church, a spirit of boldness to proclaim truth and not be afraid of the consequences.